Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to the Bucks Banter Podcast. It is Monday, so you know what that means. We're discussing another Buccaneers victory. And we are back on Bucks Report this Monday evening. We're also on a couple other options, uh, Sports Talk Florida. We're on our usual Bucks banter pages. Uh, Bodan, what's good, buddy? How are you? How much, man? Happy holidays. Happy New Year. How are you feeling? Good, man. It's a weird day in Bucks land, Uh, I think, for most people, uh, even around the NFL. um, I mean – and just so everyone knows, we'll be joined by Scott momentarily. He's having some technical issues. He'll join us when you can. In case you somehow missed it or or if you did see it, which you most certainly did, um, I regret to remind you in that case that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were thoroughly outplayed by the depleted New York Jets yesterday afternoon, but managed to come away with the victory as Tom Brady led a full field drive with no timeouts, important to add, that eventually resulted in a 33-yard touchdown pass to Cyril Grayson with just seconds remaining to seal what was a comeback victory. And it's hard to fathom that such a dramatic finish to a football game could actually take the backseat to another headline that arose in that very same game, which, of course, is the Antonio Brown sideline tirade. Uh, you know, we all know what happened there. For There's been a whole bunch of... Uh, discourse around the football world in terms of what happened. Lots of reports, right? Everyone wants to have a piece of it. Everyone wants to have some kind of breaking news. But I think it's become clear from reading that that not many people know exactly what happened. Here's Cap. I'm going to let Cap in. I was going to say we can't. It'd be a shame to do this topic without Cap. Oh, hey, you know what? I got to be honest. I I'm assuming we're starting with uh, with Antonio Brown. Happy Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Happy New Year to you as well, Scott. And uh, yeah, you're bang on, buddy. One for one on your predictions tonight. Uh, anyone, in, anyone in the comments, anyone who's watching, by the way, let us hear what you think about everything, about all the drama. Um, just to quickly summarize, again, I know everyone's well aware, but Antonio Brown um, caused an issue. There was an issue on the sideline. He was talking to Bruce Arians, obviously got agitated to the point where he started taking off his gear. Mike Evans was trying to talk some sense into him, which I'm sure you've all seen the video footage of. Apparently, O.J. Howard was as well. Uh, But there was no stopping A.B. once he entered that train of thought as he hopped around and made an ass of himself on his way out, waving to the New York Jets fans. Um, So that was that. I mean, A.B. is not going to be a Buccaneer anymore, that's for sure. Bruce Arians has said as much. It's recently come out, um, according to Adam Schefter, that the Buccaneers are pursuing, you know, they're, they're in discussions with the NFL in terms of trying to see if there's some kind of different protocol or procedure they could follow. I guess they feel it's a unique case as opposed to just releasing him outright. Um, my initial thought was, well, there's no harm in at least pursuing what other options exist because all that would do is take a little more time for him to be able to sign with someone else. Not like... I'm in any way close to confident that that other teams would be interested. I mean, I saw a report from someone on Yahoo today who's, who's really plugged in and, and they had sent out, I think they contacted directly four teams and received responses, all of which were more or less fuck. No, that was the response. 
in terms of their teams having interest in AB. All of those teams, by the way, he prefaced that by saying were uh, contending teams with the need at that yeah. position, with the need at that position. So, I mean, I don't blame the Bucks for doing that anyway, just in case. I mean, you know, w- with the headache that AB brings – uh, despite his undisputed production on the field, um, he really just, you know, added another notch on that resume or to his reputation as being a a cancer. I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't want to. Yeah. So I was just going to jump in. Can we back up a little bit? Like, I, I was flipping. I'm watching a bunch of games on Sunday. Um, obviously, there's like 15 on at a time <laughs> last this weekend. Um, but was, did anything happen in the game that AB could have been upset about? Like, was there any type of, oh, he missed him on an open, like, I don't know, Brady, if he misses you, it's on purpose. But like, what do you, did you see anything, Colin? I know you were watching it like a hawk, so. Yeah, no, I was watching it like a hawk, obviously. Um, that's what my weeks revolve around is that three-hour window where I can just watch football uninterrupted. Um, and that's what I was doing. I didn't notice anything from the TV vantage point. However, I just listened to a interview that, um, a Barstool sports podcast, pardon my take had with, with the cab driver who eventually, or Uber driver or whatever, who eventually no picked way. up AB. Unreal. Yeah. That's great reporting. Great reporting by those guys. That is. Honestly, that's, I think the closest glimpse we're going to get. Cause this guy was driving. Yeah. AB around. According to him, him and AB are close. So he's driven for him in the past. I'm sure that just okay. means he's driven for him. It doesn't necessarily mean they're close, but regardless, he was in there while, it, while Antonio Brown was in his most, you know, emotional state, I guess. Um, and it was really interesting. I jotted down a couple of quote, direct quotes so I could provide that accurately. So, um, so this driver w- said specifically, when asked why AB was pissed, like, cause no one knows, right. That's a big mystery, which is just so ridiculous out of all this. Yeah. He said they were down 24, 10 and he wasn't getting the ball. Then the coach or someone on the sideline said something to him. And that really flipped his top. And that's verbatim from the driver. That's exactly what he said. So, um, and there were some, there was some speculation from unnamed sources that um, Antonio Brown was disgruntled by not receiving enough touches um, and apparently had words with Tom Brady. Again, I can't substantiate this. We're all just dealing with a web of, yeah. of you know, nothing clear. However, um, you know, knowing AB and, and how he is, I mean, it makes a little more sense. Like, there's been people speculating it. it the initial report, first thing that came out was, like, because he was close to um, – because his contract is so much incentive-based, as we've discussed. Uh, and he's he's nearing closer to making those marks to ultimately earn as much as a million dollars, depending on his yards and uh, receptions and all that. Um, but that that wouldn't have made any sense because the whole issue is Bruce Arians wanted him to get back in the game and he didn't want to get back in the game. And um, a lot, then there was there was people saying that that was because A.B. was hurt. He was saying he was hurt. Well, Bruce Arians addressed that specifically today and he said, I was not told he was hurt. I, they have a, a a certain protocol they follow when a player is injured. They go through the trainer. Trainer goes to the coach to decipher the injury and, and explain it. That wasn't what was going on here. Um, so Bruce was 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 clear in saying, you know, he he was he was actually very, in my opinion, diplomatic and respectful of Antonio Brown, saying he still cares about him and he hopes he's well. He's just not a part of this team anymore. Um, but he also was clear in saying that it had nothing to do with an injury. He wasn't aware of an injury, and he wasn't told an injury by Antonio Brown. He asked him to get in the game. AB refused. Bruce Arians ultimately said, well, then get out of here. Like, what's your deal? And Antonio Brown took that literally, 
and the rest is history as we try to put the puzzles back together. I, I okay. just like from like a like macro standpoint, I've never seen anything like that before, right? Like not on the professional level. I can't think of any guy taking off his jersey in game and leaving. It's yeah, even bizarre. Chris Carter, Chris Chris Carter said that. Like the master of getting through to diva wide receivers, he even said he's never seen anything like it. Sorry, Scotty. It's, it, no, it's, it's as bizarre an incident as you'll see. Truly, that isn't like a, a brawl or something in a football game, right? Like just an individual like doing that. Yeah. It's so crazy. And then you know, obviously, everything's going on. Like the video spreading online on Twitter, on Instagram, and all that. And uh, the teams are just on the field. You know what I mean? Like it's during the play. Or just maybe just in between downs, which makes it seem even more surreal. Like, as he's cutting through the end zone to go into the tunnel. You know what I mean? Like, what a what an absolutely just bonkers situation. You know, I, yeah, okay. Maybe someone else could get the benefit of the doubt that he was saying he was hurt and Bruce Arians was saying, no, go in. And, and AB saying, no, I can't go right now. But come on, man. Like, you have literal incentives in your in your um, in your contract, basically based on these last two weeks. I think he needed um, what fifty five yards, eight catches, and a touchdown, or something like that. And between all of that, he would have gotten an extra million dollars. Like this guy knows what he was playing for. Uh, he's not getting the ball as much as he liked, and he just and he just lost it. Like he just absolutely lost it. And he has he has no leash. He has absolutely no wiggle room to do anything like this. And it's it's. I think even Bucks fans, when drawing up, what's the most bizarre way for Antonio Brown to get cut from this team or finally wear out his welcome? I don't think anyone's coming up with this, right? Like, during a game, it's wild. And then they won, and then they won the game. And, like, that's obviously no one will, will – people might remember because it was such a great throw by Brady, obviously, to win, to, win to, to take the lead at the end there. But, you know, they looked awful. They were They were playing so – so so bad right like the jets are basically a high school team and then this happens and it fired them up at least a little bit right like it must yeah. have but it yeah, it, it's just yeah uh, sorry it, it, i yeah it fired brady I, I up. Leaked. yeah it fired brady up no kidding and like you know it, there's obviously the very sensitive um mental illness kind of halo around all of this uh about you know what's going on with antonio brown and his personal life and for sure. We can't speculate. I don't know what's going on. Right. But like he can't be on a team, unfortunately. Right. Like I, yeah. I think it's a little, I, I don't want to, you know, just completely kill him because like he's going through something and, and people are and, and all of that. That's totally fair. But the way it manifests itself for him via football and how he acts on one of these teams is just unlike anything we've seen really. Yeah, I mean, and the wild thing to me is that people are surprised in the football world, and it is Antonio Brown. Like, the guy you do expect these outlandish things to potentially happen to or because of, and it's yeah. still shocking, right? Like, hearing yeah. you, Scott, like, you're a huge football fan. you followed the league your whole life. I mean, and you're sitting here being shocked, even though it is Antonio Brown. So he really did set a new standard for himself here. It's an it's an unfortunate situation in many ways. And I saw one person in the comments, tons of good comments. I wish I could get to yeah, them. Yeah, thank you. 
and I'll try and siphon through them um, a little bit as we go. But one person was like, enough about AB, move on. Well, we do need to talk about AB, unfortunately, because it, yeah. not only, you know, not only is this TMZ headline, but more importantly, this is a huge hit to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at a yeah. position that started this year as arguably the strongest group in the entire NFL. Um, and they've lost two top 10 receivers in the league um, now in the, yeah. in the last few weeks between Godwin and Antonio Brown. Mike Evans isn't fully healthy Is either. Right? I think. Yeah, that was clear. Um, yeah. And whether or not he's going to play next week versus the Panthers is a whole nother debate. And I'm curious to hear from the Bucks fans tuned in tonight, uh, whether or not they would like to see him play because he's about, I th- he's just over 50 yards um, or so away, 50 something yards away from his eighth consecutive thousand yard receiving season. Um, which which is a pretty significant accomplishment. He's already the sole leader of that with the first seven years surpassing Randy Moss. But, um, you know, do you want him to play or do you want him to get right, assuming it's it's one or the other? Because I think, and Bruce said today, it, you know, if he's fine, he'll play. But if not, we're going to rest him. And that's what I like to hear from Bruce Arians. Oh, I mean, man. you know, I yeah. think that kind of and goes it, to that thing. I mean, they couldn't be playing a better team for this to still yeah. win a game. And, um and, you know, maybe not have to play everyone, especially Evans right now. Like Carolina, dumpster fire, dumpster fire. And, man, they were good. They were, they really had a good start to the season. But if you actually watch their games, it's like Matt Rule is as sneaky as bad as anyone right now. And to be fair, he might be trying to get out of there because maybe he has something lined up in college or something. I, I don't know exactly, although he probably would have left already, obviously, based on the college vacancies uh being filled up but he's got he's got a pretty wild contract i don't think he's trying to go to college i think he's like he's like a five-year 60 plus million dollar contract with the carolina okay well that helps all right you and your you and your facts all right um (laughs) but yeah he's bad uh they're awful that i i unfortunately had the panthers on sunday so i watched that entire panthers saints game in quotes and that was that was something else but Sorry, I, I you know digressing here. It's just a good spot for the Bucks. Very comfy to do what they need to do to win, and um, you know get as high a seed as possible. Right now that Green Bay has the has the home field locked up. For sure. Um, and then uh, Rich oh six six five says fifty four yards. Love Rich is watching us on YouTube right now. Thanks, Thank Rich. you. Thanks for giving me that. Uh, Dennis Long Junior on Facebook says Mike should not play. Uh, goes on. I would lean that way. I need Mike at 100%. Uh, sorry. Uh, Buma Anderson says, I agree if he's not physically ready. Uh, Russell on Facebook says, Evans needs to rest until playoffs start straight up. I mean, I'm with you guys there for sure. Um, and I, you know, I trust the coaching staff. Like the, but the beauty of it is, Bucks fans, is that as franchise, we are past the point of needing to worry about individual accolades as the season comes to a close to be kind of what motivates our personnel decisions. No, it's about winning in the postseason, and that's all that should matter. So as as, frustrated, yeah. as frustrating and, and hard as it is to accept the fact that Antonio Brown won't be a part of this team, especially after the Godwin injury, the reality is that's what this team will be dealing with. And if there's anyone who has proven the ability to elevate those around them, especially at the receiver and skill position, skill positioned, it is Tom Brady. And Scott, you mentioned him kind of flick, flicking a switch, like it fired him up in a way. 
um, when AB went out. I mean, maybe that's maybe, you know, Cyril Grayson back to back 80 yard receiving games. And he looked fantastic after that. I'm not saying he's going to come in and like be some some number replace two. AB. Number, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's not going to replace AB. But God damn it, if they can, you know, if Brady can find it, like he's going to throw to who's open. Right. Yeah. And, and, and he's not going to have to worry about anything else. So maybe maybe it can still be done is all I'm saying. Like this isn't this isn't the end of the season for the Buccaneers or anything. No, it's a frust- but- frustrating distraction, but I'd rather it have happened with one regular season game to go still enter the playoffs with a new mentality, some security in terms of who's on the field. You know, it's guys you can rely on. Um, totally. That was a point I was going to bring up, like the timing of all this is if it's going to happen, it happened at the best possible time other than like the preseason. Right. Like yeah. you're pretty much cemented where you are from, like you're either going to be the two or the three seed. Um, mm. And you still have a game to play. So you have a game to get over the whole AB thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible, but timing wise, I don't know what, what else you could ask for as a Bucks fan, honestly, because you've gotten through it before with, he, he hasn't been on the, been on the field and you guys have won games too. So yeah. Russell on Facebook and Solomon, both, both saying it's Miller times, um, <laughs> or at least mentioning Scotty Miller's name. Funny, like his name keeps coming up. The opportunities keep coming up and Scotty Miller is just not trusted by this Buccaneers coaching staff for whatever reason. And, uh, that's been an interesting development. He's killing you know. us fellow Scotties. <laughs> yeah. He's killing us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Scotty Barnes is somehow thriving, but I'm here just crawled up in a hole over Scotty Miller's performance. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I haven't uh, seen him at the meetings, but anyway. Shout out to a lot of the other people in the comments as well, beyond those whose comments I pulled up briefly. Will Mann on Facebook, never wanted AB here in the first place. Donna, enough. She was the one who said, enough AB, you want our playoff predictions. we got to see how things shake out. We're going to talk about the <laughs> NFC playoff picture in a little bit. Um, Barry Gould on Facebook. Saying he likes that guy. I want to see him get more gameplay. I assume he's talking Cyril Grayson, but I'm not sure because I'm backtracking here. Joey Fox on Facebook. Alan Rappaport. Um, lots of people chiming in with some great opinions. Love to yeah. hear them. And uh, keep them coming throughout the show. While you're at it, please please visit our page on YouTube. Give us a subscription. It helps us a great deal. And, um, yeah, we, we really appreciate that. In terms of the actual game, just a couple things before we move on, because I know we don't want to relive this New York Jets win um, any more than we have to. But uh, the defense was a – I mean, both sides, it was an awful game. The defense was absolutely (laughs) atrocious. The defense defense was – it was embarrassing. And, my God, if if you don't appreciate Levante David when he's here, you sure as hell gain an appreciation for him when he's not out there. Um, And – you know, this stout run defense, they, they were giving up. So Michael Carter um, had a big run, a big – I forget how long it was. It was, like, close to 60 yards, like, in the first quarter. Anyway, he left the game with a concussion, okay? So the Buccaneers gave up 5.8 yards per carry to the Jets' backup running backs this game. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going on with Devin White, but he does not look like the same player from last year. Nope. Two tackles. It's been coming up too often. Two tackles. Two tackles. Seven tackles total from your two inside linebackers. Kevin Minter was awful as well. He was yeah. even worse. He had five tackles, but he was even worse than Devin White. Um, Seven, Devin White would have two tackles in one play last year. Like, he yeah. is yeah. an insane man. So, I don't know what's happened to him either. Like, it's it's – I, like it's like a body switching situation, like one of those movies where like the, he's swapped with 
I don't know, Kevin King or something. It's insane. The, it's, it, so it's, bizarre. it's so bad. And the Jets, like, it can't be understated. It's not like this was against, I don't know, pick a mediocre team, like the Raiders or something, right? Yeah. Like, this was the Jets, whose fans boo them as soon as they get, you know, behind 3 nothing in any game at home, right? So this, this was really eye-opening, like, if you know a team is going to run and let's face it, a bad team is going to run and you can't stop them. It there's no worse feeling as a, as a football fan. And, and like, I'm sure all bucks fans were feeling, uh, you know, when it, once it got to 24, 10, cause it didn't look like they were going to get a stop. At least, yeah. at least when we saw that against the Colts, it was the Colts and Jonathan Taylor, you know what I mean? And they obviously, they did the same thing. They made enough big plays and, and came back and won because, you know, because they're really good. But this Jets one was, oh man, what's going on with those linebackers? What's going on with the effort? And just, I'm sorry not to harp on it, but the it's the Jets. It's the effing Jets. And I know anything can happen in this league and, and blah, 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 and that that's all fair. But wow, was that bad. Well, furthermore, they, the Jets were also depleted um, at, at some key positions by injury. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know... They, Still, Buc- <laughs> Buccaneers ended up winning. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, but like they're missing so many, so many key guys: Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul. They had two two guys, two of their starting corners, Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean, had to. They showed up like after the game had already started because they had just cleared COVID protocols. So, lots of injuries and instability in terms of like the roster and who's playing where. I mean, the amount of times the starting secondary or perceives projected starting secondary entering the year has played together has been like less than a full game it's actually utterly ridiculous so yeah it, feel it like, feels like they're they're never gonna all play together right like yeah just, and you know, but that's all fair. Like that's, that's all fair. yeah and, I, and I'm I, seeing I, in the com- I have to say it yeah and i've seen in the comments someone said the jets are the jets played well the jets did play well like you know what i mean but if if i don't know how much jets this guy has watched not sorry not to call him out but just like their bad is so bad. And, but they they came out flying in the game, and Wilson played well. So, you know, credit where it's due, obviously. But, oh, man, it was – that was that was as surprising a result as – I mean, the, the Bucks still won. But just the fact that that was a game was as surprising a result as anything this weekend, I thought. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Dennis Long Jr. on Facebook, I miss Shaq. I miss Shaq too. Dennis, I'm with you. Um, but you know, it sounds like, like I'm hearing rumblings that they're optimistic. Jack Barrett will return for playoffs. People are asking about Levante. I mean, the hope is playoffs for all those guys, but the information yeah. isn't, isn't in front of us and I'm sure it's yet to be decided. So we'll see how their rehab goes. They're all dealing with, dealing with different ailments and, and, you know, returning for the first week of playoffs would, would be a short end of that, um, general recovery time based on those injuries. I mean, Barrett has a sprained MCL, I think. Um, I don't know what the deal is with Levante David's foot injury. The lack of information on that has me a little bit worried. Uh, Levante David is our most important player on the defensive side of the ball. And it's like, I I just, the value that guy brings is unbelievable. I already mentioned it. Um, he's he's incredible. When, when we play without him, I just, it, it becomes that much more glaring to me. Um, but hopefully... Hopefully the Buccaneers are at full strength, or at least, you know, those guys are good enough to give it a go for the playoffs um, because that would be huge. Um, How are you feeling about your 
playoff matchup. Can we can we shift? It's kind of seems like a natural time to shift to that kind of a look ahead past the Panthers. As much as I want to talk about Matt Rule and what what's lies ahead for him. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, so as it as it's slated right now, the Bucks are in the three seed. So the Rams coming yeah. back um was big and the Eagles winning. So the Eagles the way it sits right now, Packers at one first round by Two seed would be the Rams, and they would play the Eagles, who hold the seven seed. Bucks would play the Niners in the three versus six matchup. So the Bucks would get the Niners at home. Meanwhile, the Cowboys and Cardinals will be playing the four or five game. Um, so you know, Niners or Eagles, like I feel pretty comfortable with that. Of course, there, there's there's scenarios that are going to change potentially, right? So, um, I, man, yeah. So for sure, and lots can happen. Uh, the Rams play the Niners this week. Can't wait for that game. That's maybe my favorite yeah, matchup. Huge. Well, Chargers Raiders and um, uh, Rams Niners. So all out West there. Um, but you want, I don't, after watching this defense, how they've been playing the Tampa defense, you think they want to see that San Fran rush attack right now and how creative that they can get and everything with Debo. Like I don't, Yeah. Obviously, no. you got to play someone. Obviously. Exactly. Like, yeah, and they and they would have to play us too. So you course, know what I mean. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying is like I still have like I feel like like I like it. Like everyone just kind of writing off the Buccaneers. Not like I think everyone's writing them off, but I mean that whole mentality. Like you know, if we don't have to play, uh, not, not to look ahead, but if I'm mapping out the playoff picture for the Buccaneers, I like I I like our chances of being in the game, assuming we're able to operate on all cylinders and those guys come back playing everyone but the Packers like 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 that's just who I want to play last okay and a lot of people who cover the Buccaneers have a different approach and they just want the high seed whatever I'm most fearful of the Packers is what I'm saying and I think the Buccaneers on a good day could absolutely handle the Niners and I think they could absolutely handle the Rams and I think they could handle the Cowboys and I think they could handle the Cardinals I'm not saying that's what will happen but I'm just saying like if we can't beat those teams we're not doing anything anyway do you have any uh Is there is it is there any sneaking like in the back of your head like there's a path for the Saints to get there and play you guys first week? There so is, looking, right? Uh, very very realistic. They're going to play the the Falcons. I, I think it's almost weekend. impossible because if they really? were to make it in, the seating would then align that they wouldn't be playing the Bucks. Um, okay. That I saw that earlier from Greg Allman uh, of the Athletic, who's like the most reliable. Okay. When, when it comes to like projecting potential scenarios, he's he's. He's a super freak at that. Shout out Greg Allman. He's fantastic. Um, so, I'm most scared so of the, see, the Packers is what I'm saying. Okay. So okay. I would like to play them as late as possible. and, and The Packers and then the Saints. The, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saints are a terrible matchup for us as, as proven. Um, yeah. Especially when so, we're down more receivers because their defense is really good. But like, for I, example, saw, Scott, the Niners, the Niners have a brutal secondary. Um, so that's, yeah. you know, the Buccaneers but, aerial attack matches up well there. And you mentioned the pass rushers for the Niners. We also happen to have what I think is absolutely, if not the best offensive line group in the NFL. So if there's anyone b- equipped to, you know, sustain that strength of the opposition, it would be this Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the continuity and quality of play we've had in the, with our front five there. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, that's all fair. I just, I just mean, um, the Niners' run game, how dynamic Debo is. If they can get out to a lead, you know what I mean. Like it, it's there's there's a path, and you know maybe it's irrelevant because they have Brady. So then that that means the aerial attack is still gonna be is gonna be good no matter what. But 
this isn't the same receiving core that they've that they've we've banked on them having for a playoff run, right? It just isn't. It's considerably worse. Um, but like I said, maybe that's all moot because they have Brady. I'm just looking. Th- this is more like a take on just the NFC playoffs are going to be so sick. Like I can't wait to watch how this all shakes out. And as terrified as I am of Rodgers, I think the Packers are a little bit inflated um, just based on like one score games, um, fumble luck. I was just reading an article earlier today. Sorry. I can't remember where it was. Um, uh, One score games, turnover luck and like expected wins uh, via point differential. They're like two or three wins higher than they should be. So they almost should be closer in that 11 and five group based on what they've actually done. So I, Hey, anyone that says they're most scared of, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay in Green Bay. I'm not going to argue with it. Like I didn't read that article today and think, oh no, no, like it, you know, it's got to be Green Bay. It's just, you know, th- they're they're not as scary as I think it it's showing based on their record because they're going to finish like maybe 14 and three or something incredible like that, right? So just throwing that out there for anyone who was uh, you know looking forward to Bucks Packers uh, a potential matchup. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. That's good, good in, intel there. Um, and that's. It seems like they haven't really. Like I know they've they've been missing Jair Alexander and Bakhtiari, right? But every every team has injuries. But it does still feel, for whatever reason, whether it's a result of the schedule, the opponents, like key positions being hurt. For example, Lamar Jackson being out and still almost losing that game to the Ravens. But it feels like they've dealt yeah. with limited adver- uh, um, a limited amount of adversity. Um, and I think the Buccaneers. That's a good flaw- way to put it. You know, and, and I think the Buccaneers flaws have been highlighted a little bit more. Just I don't know. I don't know why, but maybe it's because, you know, the, the big issue or the big moment of vulnerability for the Packers was just game one of the NFL season when when the expectations weren't quite the same because of all the offseason bullshit with Aaron Rodgers. And well, plus um, all the Rodgers vaccine or or lack thereof. Um Really didn't seem to have a negative, yeah, immunization, yeah, exactly. Really didn't seem to have a negative effect on the team, like at all, right? So yeah. that could have been a big midseason, uh, you know, boiling point or whatever. But it, they've just been rolling. They've just been rolling. So yeah, it's an interesting debate. Obviously, I would like I would like to play the Eagles foremost. Like if we're looking at the teams that are currently slated to be in the in so the postseason. Did, but, but, did you see their COVID list today? Is it bad? It's unreal. It's yeah. uh, they put Randall Cunningham on there, Donovan McNabb. <laughs> they have old Eagles. I saw Brian Westbrook, Brian Westbrook, Brian Dawkins. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But seriously, it's like twelve or fifteen like guys that you could actually name on the Eagles. Now they can all clear protocols and and be good because that's actually the Saturday night game. Um, so it's one day earlier, but it's because it came out now. Or I, honestly, I can't keep it straight with. Uh, what needs to happen in order for someone to be allowed to play. But they said, they said that they might be able to play in that Saturday game against Dallas. So pretty huge, pretty huge. They need, they need to win. I'm almost positive. They need to win to get in. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It will be interesting. And while, while we're comparing, you know, the Packers, because again, that's the team that scares me the most. I mean, that's not to say we're going to have a cakewalk bucks are going to have a battle just to, make it through right but um yeah. past their first game i'm not i'm not denying that at all but if we're nitpicking matchups here that's the team i'm most scared of um Fair. 
But in terms of the, the the comparisons here, it seems like an apt time to just kind of discuss the MVP discussion. Because at this point, you'd think it's a two-horse race, but is it really? Because the prevailing talk in NFL circles, Vegas included last I checked, is that it, you know it's Aaron Rodgers' MVP award to lose, which would, of course, be his second in as many years. And I think it's it's hard to argue with Rodgers, especially you know when the Packers do look like the best team by record in the NFL. Um, but there is certainly a case to be made for Tom Brady, and I know Bucks fans are, are passionate about that for the most part. Um, and and you two guys, be, not being Bucks fans, but just being football fans in general, I'd love to hear it. Let me just mention a couple of the obvious stats that would be supportive of Brady. First of all, all this talk about the Packers being so dominant and the Bucks struggling so much, they're they're separated by one win win loss, right? The Bucks yeah. have one less win. Okay, so. If, I, really, I don't know if the like best player on the best team is necessarily valid to make up. Like, should one game yeah. really? I like, agree. They should, they, I, they should be on fair. equal grounds. They should yeah, be the, on the, equal the grounds there. Bucks. The Bucks aren't nine and eight with the with these Brady numbers. Like they're twelve exactly. and four in Green Bay's thirteen yeah. and three. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, the only other name, like obviously Cup and uh, actually, fuck it, we're not going to talk about Cup, Jonathan Taylor, or even Joe Burrow right now. I want to talk about Brady and Rogers. Brady has 1,200 more passing yards. He's first in the league in, in passing yards. Rodgers is ninth. Brady has 40 touchdown passes, also leading the league, which is five more than than Rodgers. Um, so, like, those are just he, – he's also – he was the PFF number one quarterback by a wide margin. Not like PFF matters, okay? Their shit is out of whack sometimes. But I'm just saying it's another metric or analytic yeah. model that favors Brady by a significant margin over Aaron Rodgers. Um, so that's just a couple of the things in Brady's favor. What do you guys think? Like, obviously, Scott, I know you're, you were born in Vegas, raised in Vegas. Oh my goodness. That would, you know what? That would actually explain a lot. Um, so are you siding with Vegas? Like, is it Aaron Rodgers? Like, what, or, or is it is there not enough talk about Brady? Like who's I, the MVP? I'm, I'm shocked at the odds, like just based on the counting stats alone and the fact that it's, you know, it's not like it's Ryan Tannehill putting up these same numbers that Brady that Brady has. You know what I mean? Like, it's the guy. It's Brady and Rodgers are the two guys. And with those, like, with those stats discrepancies and the one win difference, I mean, unless I'm missing something here, for it to be minus four hundred for Rodgers and plus six hundred for Brady, I, 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 I'm just surprised at that. And also, how many people? are pro Rogers right now, just as a guy, right? Like I, that matters when it comes to this. I don't, I, I just, I was, when I looked at the odds this morning, just to check after, you know, after each week, see minus 400 and plus 600. Like I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe Rogers should be a slight favorite, but I was thinking more like, you know, minus 150 and then plus 200 for Brady or something like that. Right. Bo, like, are you with me on that? Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, the, the gap is way super exaggerated for Vegas. And I think they do that just to try to course money out of people. Um, it's a much closer race, but I think I think, I think that so it's too. probably still Rogers if it, if it was me like gun to my head today. Um, but, Brady's but if, been great, but it's the losses. It's the, the few losses and the almost loss to the Jets are the things that people are going to bring up about it, even though he has that game winning drive to, to seal it. It shouldn't. Have, we all know it shouldn't have come to that against the Jets. But let's say the Packers lose. Thirty-eight. Three. Packers lose thirty-eight-three to the Saints. Don't forget. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. Absolutely. That was like the that was like the one pass worse. game. 
nine nothing might somehow be worse. <laughs> yeah, oh, honestly, like, it might you. weirdly be worse. I, I know. Screw you. Um, but seriously, if Rodgers doesn't play this week because it doesn't like, why would he? They're playing the Lions. If they somehow lose to the Lions, and the Bucks, you know, take care of the Panthers, but Brady throws up another two seventy five and three touchdowns or something like that. Like, what's the? I don't know. I, I I honestly feel like I'm I'm I can't see the forest through the trees here. Like it doesn't make any. It doesn't quite add up to me at all. Right. Like at least it should be a little closer. Uh, yeah, think, that's what right? I. Yeah. That's what it I should think. be. It should be closer. And I mean, um, shit. What was I gonna say? Oh, it's like it's it's is it just voter fatigue? And I like Brady hasn't been MVP for a while, but like it just because of the name. Like is that? You, you know what I'm I'm saying? Like Tom. Yeah. Brady, like if like this guy won the Super Bowl last year. This guy. It seems weird to say that because tour kind of yeah. It seems weird to say it because Rodgers would be this would be his second in a row, but it just feels like people. I don't and know who isn't. Yeah, who isn't tired of Rodgers? Dennis Long Jr. brings up a great point about the the interception disparity. Um, what Dennis is the Long number? Jr. So I just want to. What is the number? I want to verify. I think Rodgers I mean, only has like four, right? Yeah, he, he barely has yeah. any. Brady's thrown a bunch. Um, Eh, eh. I don't know. Find out exactly. I, like if it's like, obviously that hurts. Yeah, and offensive always... like offensive scheme matters too. Why is this not easy for me to see? Four four picks only yeah. for Rodgers, and I know Brady's at least ten. Eh. But like really, yeah. like I don't know. You know, no different than Brady throwing more touchdowns, though. Brady has 12. Brady has 40 to 12 is his ratio. Still a pretty damn nice ratio. Um, the, the stats overall, though, I think it's it's pretty clear they still favor Brady. But uh, there's some infatuation. I, I don't know. Maybe it's like when you watch Aaron Rodgers, I will say he looks goddamn surgical out there in his own right. Yeah. It's super fun to watch him throw. Watching Brady, man, you guys see that throw to Gronk? I retweeted. Yeah, yeah, he's unreal. My basement. His arm he's talent. He's unreal. His arm talent is berserk. Like it's absolutely yeah. nuts. Still, it's gotten. People were talking about him his last year in New England. Like he had nothing left in that arm. And I think it was Ben Solak, formerly of the Draft Network, who tweeted he's a top three arm talent in the league. Um, yeah. So I, I retweeted that. Make sure you follow us at Bucks Banter on Twitter if you're on there. Uh, but more importantly. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. Uh, but it's nice to see people are like, if you're not, you got to get over who it is and what you know about him. If you're just watching him this year, if, if there's no name on the back, no color jerseys, and you're watching this guy throw, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. It's really impressive. Been, yeah. You'd be like, who's that 28 year old that's just slinging it? Well, and you almost forget that he's like supernaturally good. You just, it's like, oh yeah, Brady, he's really good good but you forget the actual wow about it like the wow talented yeah. plays that he makes right because i don't know just because he's always like in the right play and just throwing people open and it's less flashy but he can absolutely do some incredible stuff with the ball like that's just that's how you get you can't be as good as he is and not be able to do that right like he's I, I also think he's so good I, I also think more specifically i think there's an infatuation if we're going by the eye test where Football fans, whether they like to acknowledge it or not, are more enamored with a guy who throws on the run. 
Like it's more exciting because when a quarterback rolls out, you don't know if he's looking to run. You don't know. It just it just creates yeah. a certain level of excitement. Brady never does that. He stands no. strong in that pocket. He's a true pocket it's passer. It, there is like a certain level of excitement when Mahomes or Rogers rolls to their right, and it's like, wow, wonder where wonder where the ball's gonna end up. Yeah. Right. Like you you can't see down the field on TV. Right. And it's like oh. Is Mahomes, are they just going to like drop one in over top of uh, other linebackers in between the safeties? Or like Mahomes against Cincinnati this week, throw it 70 yards on the run, uh, drop a dime to Tyreek, who just like literally dropped it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right, Call. Like there's probably something to that for sure. There's there's something to it as well, maybe on Rodgers' uh, – to Rodgers' point, uh, the guys that he's doing it with, even though – where Brady's receiving core has gone to now. Um, he's done it with two top 10 guys in the league uh, or three top 10 guys in the league, I would say. But between Evans AB, and... Don't, don't forget, Bo, AB was out and then yeah, came back and Godwin's yeah. out. So really, he's only had true, two true. aside from the true. start. But like he had, like Rodgers has Devontae Adams, who I think is the best wide receiver in the league, but he has Devontae Adams and that's it. Robert Tunyon even got hurt for him. Um so Aaron yeah, Jones. that's yeah, and Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones was hurt as well too. So I think I think when they look at it, they're just like, okay, that roster isn't as good as this roster, and this guy keeps his guys in it as much, if not more so, than than Brady does. Um, valid point. It's a great discussion, and I mean, we'll see, right? At least the consensus seems to be that Rodgers has it locked up, which just doesn't sit right with me. Um, and yeah. I know Bucks fans feel the same way. So it's nice to hear that both of you guys agree it should be a closer race. But maybe it's not. That's not the case. Like, we'll see what the voters really do. And recency bias affects these things as well. So maybe, you know, even like Brady still put up 410 yards and um, three touchdowns yesterday. Right. So, so good. He, he, you know what? No, if you watch that tape, yeah. boys, like Brady was dialed. Like he was throwing darts. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. like guys, you know, Evans didn't look himself. He was spoon feeding Gronk. He was he was manipulating the defense. Like he played fine. The running back issue is actually a, something we need to touch oh, on because I was going to say, I saw your tweet about Le'Veon Bell. Was I right? Or, or is it oh true or not? <laughs> yeah. I saw some of the highlights and I'm just yeah, like, man. what like, is going like, I, I think he had one highlight and I was just like, who is that, that guy? That was when I tweeted it for anyone who's not following. I just tweeted. I, I said, you know, I know that Le'Veon Bell is, is um, respected for being a patient runner. But he is so damn slow too. Like yeah, and, man, and he's yeah, he's got a lot testing of my patience watching him. It's unbelievable. Like someone calls him methodical. It's like okay, yeah, yeah I'm methodical when I get like something to do around the house and I don't have any know any idea how to do it. AKA I'm slow, and that's what Le'Veon Bell looks out there. Just no burst, no juice. But you know what? Yeah. He might be our only healthy running back as of this moment because Rojo apparently left with an ankle injury. I don't know if it's his head. I don't know if it's oh, his heart. I don't know what it, it is with Rojo. His heart. Rojo, it's definitely his heart. Rojo rolled his ankle stepping out of bounds during a warm-up <laughs> yeah. drill. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Practicing stepping out of bounds, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, for, if, <laughs> if anyone's joined us for the first time, you know, I was a big, I was Team Rojo even coming into this year. I thought he should be the guy over Fournette, so I gotta eat those apples. Um, but I tell you, this team needs him back. Apparently, according to Bruce Arians, Giovanni Bernard um, may be eyeing a return in the not so distant future. That would be huge. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn's looked pretty good these last two games. He's hurt. Yeah, I mentioned Rojo's hurt. 
Um, so right now we got Le'Veon Bell. Like the injuries this year have been true. Like you guys are being, you know, again, objective football fans. It's, it's been pretty incredible. Insane. Yeah, our like first year, like following them to like this level with you, and uh, yeah, like I I can't remember like the only other team that could be more upset about injuries is the Ravens. Absolutely. Right. right. Yeah. But, that's. Um, but, then, but then look look at what the Bucks have done. Yeah. Right. No, exactly. Hey, I mean they didn't they didn't lose their quarterback like uh, Baltimore did obviously, but twelve and four with everything that's happened. And I just I can only imagine. I hope Bucks fans aren't feeling too spoiled or entitled or anything because this is as good as it gets in the NFL, man. Like to just they win the Super Bowl and come back and be really good amidst some weird, just a weird COVID year again. All these injuries, obviously, team turnover like during the season as a result of these injuries, and they're just turnover you know, in game. Turnover in game. Yeah. They're just, and they're one of the, you know, absolute Super Bowl favorites, right? So just, it does not stay this way. These NFL teams have like a five year plan, which is so ridiculous because it, it changes as soon as one thing goes wrong, right? And it like everything gets blown up again. So just, I hope I, I've seen some comments in today's episode and in previous podcasts where people are just, they're loving it. And it's so nice to just have the Bucks win or even close games, right? Like nail biters that are exciting. So I, I hope the general vibe from the fan base is, wow, well, this is sweet. Let's go win again. And, and you know what? We're, we're really good and we can do it. So maybe this is all just a ploy by Brady. Maybe, you know, he wants some of those expectations off of them. So they kind of can assume that underdog role and slide under the radar. I'm just ready for the playoffs, man, at this point. Like I just yeah. want to go once everyone's healthy, I just want to get on one game advance, see what we can do. Some hilarious comments. People in the comments are doing a great job tonight. Appreciate all of our new no viewers kidding. and listeners. Um, shout out to Russell uh, Schuchert. I hope I'm saying yeah, that right. Uh, said he's going to subscribe on YouTube. Appreciate that, my dude. Um, again, if you if you enjoy Buccaneers content, NFL content, uh, tons of draft talk, and lots of uh, betting angles throughout the season, then this is your place to at least give us a subscription, support the show. Um, I saw a hilarious comment from Robert McClure where he said, or no, it was it was Russell uh, who said, talking about Le'Veon, said his bells get up, got up and went. So his, his, get up, <laughs> his get up got up and went. I thought that was yeah. good. Uh, yeah, got Robert, up and went and tried to fight Jake Paul or whatever he was saying. Exactly. Um, yeah, good job, love you. Robert Can- Candelario uh, asked when on Facebook, when is Fournette coming back? We're not going to see Fournette before the postseason. Hamstring. So hopefully he'll be back. Um, injuries in COVID have crushed the league. Dennis on Facebook says no doubt about that. But I still think if you were to compare some of the, the, the guys going down and the timeliness of their injuries, I would say the Bucks are still in one of the most – what's the opposite of advantageous disadvantaged um yeah. rosters out there uh so a lot i'm just trying to sneak through some of these comments uh rich 0665 on watching on youtube bringing some positivity remember fellas just a couple of years ago we would have loved to just make the playoffs just like what scott was just saying amen to that um yeah so Tons of interesting narratives and storylines throughout the NFL. Unfortunately, the Antonio Brown one was really the fuel to the NFL media's fire today. 
Um, and that was bigger news than the Buccaneers coming back down multiple scores to the Jets on the road. But at this point, who cares? You know, notch that W. Um, only got four losses. Let's make sure we're trending in the right direction from a health and performance perspective entering the playoffs. Best with what we got. Oh what a God. team we get to talk about here. The the Super Bowl, the defending Super Bowl champs with Tom Brady, total, you know, you know, anyone, anything can happen with Antonio Brown, which actually proved to be the case. All these nail biting games. Like, I'm at, I'm really glad you weren't a Bears fan, Colin. You know what I mean? Like, and we had to talk about the Bears every week, or heaven forbid, the Giants or something like that, right? Like, this is they're just there's st- there's always stuff happening and they win, which makes it uh which makes it so much more fun. Win or lose, we booze. Mark that's tatted yeah, on your Mark back. Ooh, like, that's literally my tattoo, buddy. Mark gets it. <laughs> Mark, well done. No this kidding. is the big thing, man. Defense is getting healthy, at least it seems. Um, I know Shaq Barrett's out. JPP's been hurt all year, but that's one guy I want to say who impressed me yesterday was Antoine Winfield. Anytime we talk defense, and no matter how bad the Buccaneers play as a unit, Antoine Winfield Jr. saved two touchdowns yesterday yep. uh, single-handedly. Guy does not seem to miss tackles. He understands how to wrap up. Um, I love him and Whitehead, man. That's one of the best safety duels in the NFL this season. It's just when our team, again, the injury shit. I'm just sick of saying it, but I have to at points. Um Let's not forget, like, judging our, our secondary has been a, a struggle this year, but we have two incredibly, incredibly promising, talented safeties. Um, and Whitehead all of a sudden looks like a major priority this offseason. And with Antonio Brown not being another guy we need to try to retain his services, maybe that frees up a little cap space to re-sign someone like Jordan Whitehead. Uh, I saw someone in the comments earlier talking about Ryan Jensen. Yeah, Jensen's an absolute dog. We all love w- Jensen. This whole offensive line unit, uh, I'm very fond of. I don't know how you couldn't be as a Bucks fan. Thank you, Young Vocal. I loved Anthony Nelson play yesterday as well. Thank you, my guy, because I was tweeting about it yesterday. Um, Anthony Nelson stepped in super well. He looked better than I, I think JPP has had has looked in any single game this year. So him and Tryon Trianka held it down yesterday. I know Joe Tryon. And I'm glad that my sports book didn't have it open because I was looking to put serious money on Tryon to uh, register a sack yesterday, but they didn't have that prop up because he didn't get one before. And this would have been a second consecutive start. So I was like, all right, Tryon's Tryon's going to put Zach Wilson on the ground. He didn't, but Joe Tryon Trianka still played really well in terms of his, uh, his run stopping. Uh, he's making tackles, playing really strong in the run game. So that's a guy who's, who's, um, Performance will continue to improve. He's a guy who Bucks fans are going to get real familiar with and appreciate for years to come. I think this will be the last year we we have JPP. So um, to see a guy like Anthony Nelson step up how he did yesterday, he looked super active. He, his motor, he has strong motor. He's long, um, doing really well. So that was great to see. So a couple a couple things worth highlighting, but we need to see Shaq Barrett, Levante David back. Yes. Um, now, okay. We've talked MVP. We've summarized the game versus the Jets. We've talked plenty of Antonio Brown. Um, discussed the NFT playoff picture. I also, thankfully, like, of course, I got a two TV setup. So I was uh, happy to be able to watch that Chiefs-Bengals game. Um, that wow. was, what a game, man. What a game. God yeah. damn, Joe Burrow is so legit. I love it. Him and Jamar Chase is just crazy. It's so fun to watch. Like, but, like yeah. 
They just know. Like, and uh, now, I, oh, it was Romo. But they're saying, like, if the pressure's coming, then that means it's one on one on the outside. And guess what? Throw it to Jamar. He's just yeah. running some sort of go route up the sideline. And that's a, that's not just something you do. That's like a high percentage beater against the, against the blitz like that. Right. And they just kept doing it. I didn't hate Kansas city trying to get there. They just seemed to never get home or it was Burrow was just releasing it just in time or, yeah. and then putting just enough air under the ball. So chase could run under it kind of thing. Right. It, it was special to watch. That was, that was unreal. And then they did enough on defense to um, limit Kansas city's possessions in the second half. And obviously limit their points. They only scored three points. So uh, what a game. And what really one of the more bizarre two-minute sequences I've ever seen to end to end a football game. Crazy, dude. Like, for one, Casey should have just let them score at, at that Un point. Yeah. But, but then, because they stopped them the first three times, then it's, okay, I guess you do try to play it out. But then there's the two penalties. But they should have let them score on first down. Like, yeah, you're down seven with a minute and 50 left or something like that. And they actually I think they could have let him score on a play on the other side of the two minute warning, which is. Oh, like, it, oh it was below two minutes. Yeah, man, for yeah, sure. But like just I, I couldn't believe it. Like you're not going to stop them four times. And I don't even like just just let him score. It was crazy. And then I thought, like, I know, I know Roma was saying it too, but like at that point, I would have kicked a field goal absolutely once the clock was that low. Like, yeah, um, I would have kicked that field goal. But anyway, it ended. Wait, up what do you mean out. after the pet? What so, like on the no, first when they went fourth for, down? After the first fourth, once they got rewarded, and then I would have, oh, of course, yeah, like there. But they, but they went for it again. So that was just it was an interesting. Um, watching Zach Taylor because he looked truly indecisive about what to do because he felt like he'd already committed to going for it on fourth. So he felt compelled he had to do it again, I feel like, when he was rewarded. With the it's like you fall in love with the when it was the re When it was replay the fourth down. Yeah. Then there was another pass interference which which allowed them to just uh, spike the ball and then uh, and then kick kick a game winner with from like – shorter than an original extra point as the time expired. That was crazy. That was, that was, I just, if you're Kansas city, what gives you a better chance to win? Like let them score. You have Mahomes. There's a pretty good chance there. Like you're going to go down and score and then take your chance in overtime. I, I thought that was wild. Super wild. A mm -hmm. um, couple tough penalties on KC. I thought as well on that last drive. Uh, yeah. I mean, tough pass interference and, a, and, um, I guess they called an unnecessary roughness on like a, on a tackle on Jamar Chase, dude. If the guy weighs forty more pounds than you, I don't know. You're it's trying to be unnecessarily him. rough, no matter like what. It's it's hard. Yeah. I, like I don't know. I, it probably by the letter of the law was unnecessary roughness, but if you're just watching it, it didn't seem that bad. And like Chase didn't get up and beg for a penalty or anything. I just I thought that was interesting. If um, anyone can tell, I might I might have had Kansas City in that game. Oh, yeah. I, I took the Bengals when they were down two scores, so I was feeling myself yesterday. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I would. Yeah. It's a little heater yesterday. Yeah, taking a team down two scores against the Chiefs is uh, pretty pretty good, my friend. Well, you know how I don't want to use the term aroused, but if there's a – I am for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So, I, you know, yeah. I figured oh, – You used it before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
young vocal vocal uh love the bucks and from new orleans imagine how much heat i get love that <laughs> love that bucks fans love to yeah. get some representation down that way uh, he goes on to say i'm late to the podcast did you guys agree with the jets going for it on fourth down at the end of the game um i mean i feel like the jets are it's better for them to lose games at this point so for them yeah that was house money yeah it's yeah for them to do it. i was you know i and like give zach wilson tell him give him the confidence to go out and do it right i, I don't know right. that's fine uh, fine 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 decision terrible play call to try and quarterback right, right. sneak it with zach wilson that's how i feel about it um <laughs> Fine decision, poor, poor strategy in terms yeah, of how to I, approach I, it. 100% uh, agree. We've only got a couple minutes, boys. I don't know if either of you have anything from any of the other games around the league uh, that happened yesterday. Yeah. we got a Monday night football game, probably Big Ben's last game uh, at Heinz yeah. Field. Going to kick off soon. Anything else you want to talk about? I got a couple. I think this one at least definitely pertains to Tampa as well. It was Cards, Cowboys. You know, Cards were kind of – dead men walking, walking into this game for a th- losers of three straight kind of really gacked that one away on Christmas against the Colts. Just, just dacked. truly biz- dacked well, it away. Yeah. Well, you know, um, but then they went, they beat them. They beat Dallas. And I think Dallas still doesn't have a win against a team uh, with a winning record, which is damning, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you can only play who you can play, but that's no good. That doesn't, that's not a good sign. And they, uh, they lost Gallup to an ACL today too, so that's contract yeah, that contract hurts. year, just that's, like Godwin. That's so that awful. sucks, man. That sucks. Yeah. Um, but they both they're looking they're less threatening. Both those teams are looking less threatening than I thought. Let's say five weeks ago, I thought they were just as. I really thought you could throw those top five NFC teams in a hat, and any of them could come out. I don't necessarily think that anymore. I, I think there's a bit of a there's a drop off between uh, Green Bay, the Rams, and um, Tampa, and then those two teams that played Dallas and Arizona. So yeah, that was interesting. Good for Arizona to pick up that win. Um, but yeah, yeah, interesting game for sure. And as it stands, those teams would meet again in the four or five round if it were oh. to happen today. Things could sign, change. But sign me up for that, man. Let's but see a dude, Kyler in, in Texas. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. But yeah. Dallas's offense has really sputtered of late. And and you're right, Cap. Like, both those teams at points this year looked like they could have been the best team in the NFC, uh, especially the Cards, obviously. So, um, I, I, when Dallas's offense struggles, I'm at a bit of a loss. You know what I mean? Like, they got everything you need, they got a play caller that's very well respected. I think Dak is really, really good. You know, like, his. You know what? Maybe it's as good as is excellent, but as bad is is kind of a tough watch. And right, so that that could be it. But um, yeah, we'll see. They get that game against the Eagles on Saturday, so that should be interesting. Um, but yeah, the, you know, big takeaways. There's there's a lot that happened. Great win for the Raiders on the road at the Colts. They played awesome. They're good, man. I really like Derek Carr. I, I think he's solid. And they're doing all this without Darren Waller. Thought yeah. that was interesting. That wasn't even their best game. That wasn't even no, Carr's best game. No, no. Derek Carr's been ha- Derek Carr's been hated on unfairly. Um, unfairly, so he's so good. He's look at this. Yeah. Look good. at the situations he's dealt with. Um, yeah, and he just shuts up, works hard. Like he's even handled the Gruden situation really well. Clearly, someone he admired, um, and like he just seems to be a really good teammate and leader. And I think when Mayock and those guys and Gruden took over, they probably were looking to replace him. But sure enough, he won them over too. So 
I, I like that you're bringing up some Derek Carr's name and associating it with something positive yeah, for one. For sure, like, man. The, 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 stop saying he sucks, people. Like, you want to see shitty quarterbacks in the NFL? Turn on any number of games, uh, and you're going to see them. And it's certainly not the one that Derek Carr is playing in. So just like, just ease up. All right, throw on Andy Dalton, Mike Glennon, and then tell me. Um, but yeah, so that was a nice win. That the Rams gutted out a big win against Baltimore there to come back at the end. Uh, weird game. Looked like they're slop fest, kind of gross, but uh, that was a it's, good win for the Rams. I was going to bring that one up too. Seems like Stafford's fallen in love with uh, Odell, which is scary for going into the playoffs. It is. He's yeah. thrown a lot of picks though. He's like he's thrown like five picks yeah. in his last couple. Super of games. sloppy with the ball. Um, but yeah, OBJ looks to be looks to be a force again. Picking Stafford's balls always Stafford's always going to sling it, and it's just. Does he have enough? Can he do it in a non-killer way for enough games to get them to the Super yeah. Bowl? I think, right? Like th- where he doesn't have the back-breaking interception, because yeah, he's good for one of those most games. Unfortunately, yeah. as talented as he is, I st- I trust him. I think the I I trust the Rams. I'm not gonna like whatever. I think they're good, and I think Stafford's really good. But um, yeah, man, I, I just all right. This week is interesting. Let's get to the playoffs. Uh, in both conferences, I can't wait to see how it all shakes out. Well said. I agree. Um, so on that note, I think we're going to shake our way on out of here. Um, for anyone who joined us later, uh, we talked about the Bucks 28-24 victory over the Jets. A comeback win. Wasn't pretty, but they got the job done, which has been a theme along with the injuries for this team this year. Um, and we obviously talked about Antonio Brown. I gave you an inside scoop direct from the driver. Uh, word on the street is AB was dissatisfied with not enough touches. Um, so he was getting pissed off and jealous of Gronk more or less. But we'll, we'll see what, what really uh, what smoke turns to be coming from fire in terms of getting some credible reports as they come out. But who cares? He's gone. So we got to focus. Cyril, Cyril Grayson's our guy now. Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. These are the guys we got to focus on. The guys who are in-house want to be a part of this team and want to yeah. make a run at it with the GOAT. Just um, like we all thought at the beginning of the year. Cyril, yeah. Cyril Grayson. That's right. Yeah. Um, Three-headed So anyway, <laughs> tons, of, tons of great contributions from a, a bunch of new viewers and listeners. So really appreciate that. I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, kindly ask for you to head over to our YouTube channel, Bucks Banter. Give us a subscription. Um, and uh, I promise you won't regret, regret it. Love to involve the fans and listeners and uh, anyone who, who gives a shit about the NFL because we sure do. So thanks a lot, and we'll be uh, connecting again next week. So be sure to join us then. Until next time, go Bucks.